Hey, golfers. What's up? Welcome back to the pod. This is Chasing Your Best. My name is Tim Connor. I'm a golf coach specialized in helping people play better golf. That's been my career's mission for about the past decade. I own and operate a golf academy in Spokane Valley, Washington, and I spend my day trying to help people with this game. And I record this podcast because I want to pass along my learnings my findings, my tinkerings, and just the general experience of just getting to see a mass volume of people go through their learning curve experience, how they improve or don't improve, and how to learn from that. Anyway, let's hop into today's pod. I want to talk about a kind of a special term, and I think this term, had I known it as a junior player, would have really, really helped me figure the game out, put some of the pieces together as to how to navigate my way around the golf course, and also how to use the different tools that are in our bag that I like to call clubs tools. Uh, it's kind of a, a parallel synonym for me because every club is a tool and every tool has just a little different job, a little different application. And the application of that is to be used a little bit differently. A driver is very different than a wedge, which is different than a seven iron. So that old saying of is your swing the same swing? Yeah, I it technically no. Should it feel the same? Sure. Are the jobs of the tools different? Yeah. So let's hop into today. Let's talk about spin loft. Spin loft is the difference between your angle of attack and dynamic loft. Let me say that one more time. Spin loft is the difference between your angle of attack and dynamic loft. Let's hop into a very simple calculation. You say your dynamic loft is 10 degrees and your angle of attack is four degrees down. That's calculated as 10 degrees minus negative 4 degrees, which minus a negative is a positive, and I don't want to do math too much with you today, but understand that 10 plus 4 is 14, and a spin loft of 14 will create greater backspin than the opposite. Let's let's say your dynamic loft was 10, and your angle of attack was positive four degrees. So 10 minus four is six. A spin loft of six will spin less than a spin loft of 14. Greater the spin loft number, greater the amount of backspin. Why are you talking about math and why is this applicable to me? Elementary math, uh, I was good at math, but golf is not math. But the way I want you to understand this is for example, a lot of you struggle with drives and being able to create more distance because you have too much spin loft. So in that spin loft equation, you're delivering it with too much effective loft, as well as generally speaking, going to have a negative angle of attack. Now hang with me friends, because we're gonna get into the weeds a little bit here, and I know this can sound kind of, can be a little bit difficult to grasp, but maybe you have to listen to this podcast twice, and maybe you have to get out a piece of paper, or just hop on and, and spend some time looking at spin loft and how it affects spin. Trackman has been a great influence on my learnings. Trackman was kind of the first major publisher of, of major data and how, how the golf ball, debunking really how the golf ball curves and moves. And I think people have known it for a while, but they haven't been able to articulate it as well and as fact-based as TrackMan has done in recent years. So shout out to TrackMan Golf for making golf a more science and fact-based game and taking some of the uh, the old guard out when it talks about how to spin the golf ball and what makes it spin. I like facts. I like I like data, and I just I don't think we need to get lost in the data. But to understand it can really help fill in some of those incomplete spaces as to how to navigate some of these shots. So, for example, if you wanted to hit a golf ball that spun the absolute most, meaning that you wanted to just hit this ripping spinner of a golf shot, 
Let's talk about that. One, we want to create a lot of spin loft. So what can we do? We can ha first have as much loft as possible, i.e., or for example, open the club face. So let's turn a 60 degree wedge into a 70 degree wedge, for example. That would be a major influence. And secondly, let's then create as much angle of attack as possible. So we want that club working down into the back of that ball as steep as possible. Let's say we're to create an angle of attack of 10 degrees down. That would be pretty good and more than most. If we started with 70, 70 degrees on our wedge and we're hitting 10 degrees down on the golf ball, that's a spin loft of 80 degrees. Now, a couple other variables that are going to fill in the equation here, and we're not going to, we're not going to get into the weeds on them today, but is speed and friction. So the more speed you have, the more spin you can create. And the more friction that is on the club face between the golf ball and the club face, the more spin you can create. This is why it's important to have clean grooves. This is why it's important to, to not have water in your grooves because those things decrease friction and decreased friction is less backspin. And less backspin is less control. Backspin is actually an interesting thing. When you have more backspin with an iron, it holds its line better. Now there's a sweet spot for backspin, meaning that there can be too much and there can be too little. But generally speaking, the best players spin the ball the most with their irons and with their driver, they spin it the least. And that's simple terms, but a great driver of the golf ball is typically gonna spin it around 2000 RPMs up to 2700 RPMs. The most accurate drivers of the golf ball tend to be around 2700 RPMs. Well, the longest drivers of the golf ball tend to be around 2000 RPMs because less spin loft will make the ball go further, but more spin loft will help you with control. So accurate drivers of the golf ball tend to have a little more spin on it. Longer drivers of the golf ball tend to have less spin on it. And that's why the long drivers, the guys competing at the world long drive, they're hitting drivers that are like four degrees because they have a lot of speed. So that's something that influences their spin. And then they're hitting up on the golf ball a lot because they want to decrease their spin loft combination to be able to hit the golf ball as far as possible. So knowing these spin loft things, it really has helped kind of fill in some of the gaps. And well, for me, this was a long time ago when I learned about it, but I didn't understand some of these things. And then I really started to connect the dots like, oh, that's why when I open my club face and I and I hit down on the golf ball, that's why I get more spin. And that's why when I slice the golf ball badly, I tend to lose spin and or lose distance with the driver, for example. And that's why a lot of things happen. So if you understand this basic equation for spin loft, it can help you kind of sort through some of the things that help create a golf shot or help make a tool work for you or work against you because it can do either. For a lot of you, if I'm, if I'm speaking solely to the masses, many of you have spin loft problems with your driver because you tend to hit down on it with an outside in-swing path and with an open club face. And an open club face is also a more lofted face. So that's a massive problem that I'm fixing all day long. I'm teaching people to swing the club face that's more closed and more from the inside. And we're taking angle of attack off and we're also decreasing the spin loft equation considerably. Self can help a player that hits a drive like 200 yards, maybe hit a 240 or 250. There are a lot of people that launch the golf ball inefficiently. And I think you need to figure out if you're one of those players, because if you're bleeding distance and bleeding energy, you're making this game much harder for yourself. Also, potentially you're a better player and helping understand spin loft might help you create more shots around the greens. Maybe you didn't know that opening your club face and increasing your angle of attack would help you 
increase the spin on the back of the golf ball. Or maybe you didn't know that friction and speed were primary factors in creating spin. So if we want to spin a ball the most, let's talk about that. We're opening the club face the most. We have the most speed and the most angle of attack. And we have super clean clubs and we're creating the most friction between the club face and the golf ball as possible. That itself will create the most backspin on the golf ball possible. Backspin is typically important with the irons and the wedges. So increasing spin loft, typically important. And then just the opposite with your driver. I would say with your irons, spin loft is kind of tricky because some of you will create spin loft, but you're going to do it with an outside in swing path. If you're swinging from the inside with a swing path that's relatively neutral or a couple degrees inside out, and you're not coming over the top of the golf ball, it's very difficult to create too much spin loft, meaning that it's very difficult to create a club, a swing from the inside with too much angle of attack and a club face that is too lofted. It's very difficult to do. So the underlying layer there is have a great swing path. All right, y'all. I hope this podcast didn't leave you more confused than educated. We did dive into the weeds a little deeper than I wanted, but that was kind of fun for me. It's kind of fun to talk about those things and just explore uh, how to use our clubs and how to use them differently to construct the kind of golf shots we want to construct. And I think it's important to be curious and creative when you're learning the game and building skills because golf is not one dimensional. You're learning to play from different lies. Every swing is potentially different, meaning that it's very infrequent. You're going to have a 100-yard shot. You're going to have a 97-yard shot, and then a 106-yard shot, and then a 115-yard shot, and then a 102-yard shot. And then the ball is going to be above your feet, and then the ball is going to be below your feet. So being curious and creative in your practice and adding variation is really at the pillar of long-term skill building. I appreciate you all for hanging out. This podcast has been growing. But I think it's time we kind of send it through the roof. Like, I want to spread the fire. I want people to know that golf is a game that they can work at and they can build long-term sustainable skills. Golf is not a game of quick fixes. It's a game of planning your work and working your plan and understanding the fundamentals never go out of style. There's a reason Jack Nicklaus played the game really well. And there's a reason that Rory McIlroy plays the game really well. And their golf swings aren't carbon copies of each other. But the fundamentals are carbon copies and they never grow out of style. I want you to remember that. Plan your work. Work your plan. Don't cheat the hard work. Don't cheat the hustle. Stay true to the path. Learn. Evolve. Work hard. And uh, share this podcast with a friend. Leave it a review. Let's, Let's tell more people that they can play better golf and share this information around. I appreciate you all. I will get you back here same time, same place next week.